This is a quick disclaimer. Although the wise investor is trying to educate people on personal finance, what we talk about on the show is not actually financial advice for your personal and unique situation. Before trying to do anything with your money, always consult a professional. Hey, this is Anthony. And I'm Sal. And you're listening to the Wise Investor Podcast, where we help Canadians become more financially literate one post at a time. This is What They Did Not Teach You in School. This episode of the podcast was recorded on April 18th, 2018. Blaze or no blaze? Bob keeps getting good comments on his shirts. Yeah, yeah, we're allowed to close. Thanks, boys. Checking connection. Checking connection. That's not annoying. That's not annoying. We good? Yeah. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of What They Did Not Teach You in School. As usual, we have Sal Longo and yours truly teaching you the things that they did not teach us in school. That are more important. Better and more important. Was it? <laughs> I did not use uh, algebra. parallelo. Yeah, algebra this tax season. <laughs> I did not use algebra or this tax to, season. How to equate a parallelogram <laughs> in this tax season? Today we're going to be talking about the different kinds of investment vehicles that you can actually invest in. So mutual funds, ETFs, and we're also going to be talking about robo advisors and how people can use them. What are the pros? What are the cons of using a robo advisor? And we can have a free conversation on that. Alfield, try and keep us in the right time this time. All right, going to try. Not and shoot always for, easy to do. You're going to try and shoot for <laughs> ten to twelve minutes. But before we get started, we're going to talk about some news that happened this morning. The head of the Bank of Canada decided that they were not going to be in, announced that they weren't going to be increasing interest rates this quarter. Good thing or bad thing. It's a good thing, of course, because we've had interest rate hikes the last three quarters, and you know the economy has been affected by it the particularly bond, the housing market the bo- housing and bond market has been affected yeah so they believe that canada is growing at a solid pace and there's no need to increase the interest rates why do they increase interest rates Sal? talk they, a little bit about they that increase interest rates to firstly slow down the economy right so when bank canada increases interest rates the borrowing cost from a bank when you go to the bank to get a loan is typically higher. So now your payment is typically more or the interest costs every month. So you're not going to be spending as much money. So it's usually to kind of counteract high inflation that usually happens with low interest rates. Yeah, so that the economy is moving too fast. They want to increase interest rates so it doesn't get out of control. And As we saw an example was last year with the housing market. Yeah, and Low if, borrowing costs was kind of the reason why housing went out of control with prices. Exactly. And then if, for example, um, the economy is low or we're in a recessionary period, such as in 2008, 2009, the Bank of Canada will actually lower interest rates to try and promote spending and promote borrowing to invest back into the economy. That's what grows the economy. That's life. So we're actually, I'm actually happy that interest rates didn't go up. I think it was a good move. Yes, definitely. So the main topic for today, we're going to be talking about how do you actually invest your money and what are your options out there. There's a lot of buzz around ETFs and robo-advisors and we really want to educate our viewers and Torontonians, people that live in Canada, 
what their options are, what are the pros and cons of each one, because there's really no right or wrong answer on what you should invest in, but it's situational and when you should use certain types of investments and when you should not. Before we dive into the discussion today, let's talk a little bit about the basics. What exactly, in your own words, is a mutual fund? A mutual fund is where different investors, their money is pooled into a fund and this fund is basically all these different investors that have put money together and there is a portfolio manager and the team of portfolio managers who are deciding what individual investment to buy. They're usually comprised of both stocks on the stock market around the world, typically TSX and US, and bonds. And from there, they choose what investments should be in. Back in the day, uh, if you were wanting to invest money into the stock market or bond market, it was difficult to because you know there wasn't a lot of technology and you couldn't just go onto the internet on your discount brokerage and like make buys and sells. You would either call your broker. Yeah, you'd have to call your broker. They would have large fees, right? So one individual stock would be a significant amount of money. Yeah, to buy one stock, you would have to invest like you would be like twenty bucks or fifty bucks to invest into one stock, right? And then you need a hundred stocks in your portfolio. Diversify. So it'd be pretty costly in order to invest in the stock market. So they invested mutual funds that are diversified and everyone pools their money together so they have economies of scale. And you know, if me, Alfio, and Mark all are in one fund, instead of each of us paying $50 per buy, we just pay it once and we split it amongst all of us. So it was relatively cheaper to be in mutual funds. It was. Was. A big, a big common misconception about mutual funds is, is that they are expensive. And the reason why the media says that mutual funds are so expensive is because they factor in the full mutual fund plus um, advisor fee that usually adds up to about 2 to 2.5%. But what really is the cost of a mutual fund is anywhere from you know as low as 0.5 to as high as 1.2, 1.5. So let's speak a little bit to mutual funds because... It almost is a bit of a dirty word in the financial community. I had to throw it out there, um, but that's the truth. And you know, mutual funds do get a bit of a bad rap because you know, two and a half percent on your portfolio can seem pretty significant over time. Now, there are other alternatives, and we're going to be getting there very shortly, of cheaper ways to invest money. Now, cheaper, as you're going to see, is not always better. One thing I want to do point out right now is there are ways to invest your money, get good advice, diversification, and do it passively with a professional while paying less than a mutual fund. However, it's not usually readily available to the general public unless you have 500000 to a million dollars. So mutual funds is typically, although a dirty word, a good place for a lot of people to get started and I'm not really afraid to say that. This is probably one of the best live videos that we're going to do and it's because... <laughs> I hope so. It, it, it's, a, it's a really hot topic because there's a lot of conflicting information out in the media because most of the big players, the iShares, Vanguard, the ETFs, ETFs and stuff like yeah. that, they're you spending... see the trade commercials? Yeah. Like, where, where are my fees with yeah, the advisors? Everyone has seen that commercial where it's like... Quest Trade, is yeah, it? Yeah, Quest Trade. It's actually a really good commercial. Yeah, where it's like really quiet and they go, 
my investments are not a joke, you know? And then this, like, professional advisor's like, well, don't worry, it's a long-term game. And then yeah, they're like, oh, it's not a game. <laughs> it's not a game. This is my retirement. It's my family's future. That, we understand. There's a lot of truth to that video, and there's not a lot of truth to that video because it depends, right? And all these ETF companies are pumping a lot of money into commercials, right? And that's why a lot of people are thinking that these things are 100% true and that mutual funds are bad and ETFs are good. Which is the perfect thing. Let's talk about ETFs yeah. and why, what advantages there are that these commercials are promoting. And then we'll talk a little bit about the things that commercials are not speaking about. Why don't we, why don't we talk first about what are ETFs? Perfect. So ETF is an exchange-traded fund. Fancy word. What they actually do is they replicate the market. So let's get a little more particular. There's ETFs for the US stock market. It doesn't actually try to beat the market. There's no professional advisor saying, you know, I think Google or Apple is gonna have a good year this year. What they're doing is they're saying, I don't know if I can beat the market and I don't wanna lose against the market, I'm just gonna replicate the market. So what they do is they have certain financial processes that will just track your investment will do as good as that particular market. In this example is the U.S. stock market. There's ETFs for commodities like oil, gold, There's pretty metals, much ETFs for, for everything. everything. Last year there was a marijuana ETF. So we know? track marijuana companies and stocks that are traded. The major difference between mutual funds and ETFs is that the ETF uh, manager is only trying to get the market. The market, where the mutual fund active manager is trying to beat the market because they're active buying and trading and they're trying to beat the market, creating that uh, alpha. Yeah, there's a lot of research that shows that these mutual fund managers cannot and do not beat the market. Now, that is kind of ETF's big push as to, you know, why am I spending two and a half, two percent instead of an ETF that's like half a percent, you know, that's two extra percent on my money. Why am I paying that for a mutual fund? But what we're gonna explore is it's not just a person investing money is what you're paying for when you're investing in these managed products. Right, that's, that's true. And there are a lot of um, advisors out there that use ETFs as well. And, and we'll discuss the difference between the two. But before we get into mutual funds and ETFs, um, and the, with the pros and cons of them, let's talk about robo-advisors. So robo-advisors have been a hot industry over the last two, three years. <clears throat> Most of you have heard of Wealth Simple. Definitely, I would say that there's ETFs and doing your own investing, and then there's actual financial advisors, and in between, there's robo-advisors. Um, and really, what a robo-advisor is, they take advantage of automated softwares and low-cost ETFs in order to give you a pretty decent financial management tool that you can use on your own at a low cost. Yes. Now, robo-advisors, pros, typically much cheaper. Much cheaper. Passive, automated. Automated. You can do it in your underpants. Yeah. Pretty, pretty attractive, and there's a reason why they're growing. Now, let's talk about... Let's talk about what the pros and cons of each are. Sure. And let's go through this rapid fire. Pros and cons of mutual funds. 
Pros are very easy to get into at a low upfront cost, meaning you're not paying brokerage fees and setup fees and all these other things. Another great thing about mutual funds is that you can do something called dollar cost averaging or a, a, a systematic savings plan where every week or two weeks or every month you're contributing to your mutual fund and there's no, like Sal said, upfront cost to that. So for a beginner, a mutual fund is a great way to go. Yeah. The cons of a mutual fund is that Statistically, not all mutual funds actually do what they're supposed to do and beat the market, right? Some do, uh, but you can't get usually access to those unless you have a large sum of money. You don't really have access to anything better, so you have to use mutual funds or you could go to a robo-advisor. Pros and cons of ETFs. Pros of ETFs is it's a lot cheaper than mutual funds. Usually ETFs go from 0.2% to 0.6%, 0.5%, as opposed to the mutual funds, roughly 1%. I want, I want to say a major con of ETF. Huge con of ETF is that it could be very costly because people are buying their own ETF. So what, do you, what are you really investing in? An ETF is an exchange traded fund on an investment. So people will buy ETFs on the wrong things. They're over-invested in commodities and metals, or they're over-invested in one market. And what happens with ETF when things don't go good and people want to sell off when they shouldn't? Usually, it's there, it's there, I use the classic analogy, when you're at the gym and you're working out, you know you should do five exercises, right? But all of us has been there after a long day, you're on the fourth exercise and you're like, you know what, I'm going to take off a little bit early. You know, you've been there or no? So, and on the fourth exercise, you're like, I'm going to go home, right? But if you have a personal trainer there with you, they're going to say, no, you should be doing five exercises. No, you should be doing more reps, right? Now, and that's where the financial advisor comes into play when you're investing your money. Because if the markets go down, market psychology dictates that even the smartest people are going to want to sell off when we know by science and mathematics and statistics that when you're investing, you should not do that. People really don't understand how important that last concept that he just spoke about is. Because when things go south, people want to sell off. And that's the opposite of what you should be doing. That costs families millions of dollars. So if you don't know how to actually diversify your portfolio across ETFs, there's robo-advisors that will do it for you. So a robo-advisor is a little bit more costly. You know, they charge anywhere from 0.6 to 0.9%. And they'll diversify your portfolio for you. But the difference between a robo-advisor and an actual human advisor is that you get that human touch. So a robo-advisor will cost you like anywhere from, you know, whatever, 0.8%, let's say, where a human advisor would charge 1% on top of that to get you up to that 2%. So last thing we want to talk about is... What's the difference between robo-advisors and human advisors? Yeah, and not even what's the difference. I think people know that, you know, you can invest online by yourself or you have a financial advisor that takes you out for dinner and, and talks to you about different things. <laughs> but the main, the main point of it all is that the human advisor offers more than just investment management, like we're talking about, whether it's a mutual, mutual fund, ETF, robo-advisor portfolio. The human advisor has added value. So yeah, you're paying an additional 1% per year, but he's, he's usually a good, competent advisor. Not all, you gotta find the right ones. That's true. Will offer you 
tax planning. So they'll save you a couple thousand dollars a year on average in taxes. Risk management. So they're going to make sure that you have your proper insurance and benefits through your work. They're going to make sure that you're not taking on too much risk in your portfolio. Diversification from all different assets. Some will actually offer like real estate advice and things like that. They'll offer estate planning, which is, you know, how to transfer wealth from people that are passing away and stuff like that. And financial planning, helping you to actively reach your goals using different sophisticated strategies. Yeah, like even just simple stuff, like I want to save up enough for a down payment on a house in two years from now. you got to save this much per month. Are you using your first-time homebuyer's plan, right? How are you structuring your assets and things like that? Pretty much everything that we talk about on The Wise Investor, a financial planner, should know and instill into your unique financial plan. One of the major differences between robo-advisors and human advi- and human advisors is that robo-advisors, their whole software is built on the fact that they ask you questions and then categorize you into big groups, right? And as you start accumulating more wealth or some people just like a higher level of customer service in general, they will be able to... Um, add that unique approach to your situation. You know, not everybody's the same, and maybe you should have a financial advisor. In order it's to look funny. At that. It's funny because you know when you look at the science, you think that you know the higher fees on a larger amount of money, like a million dollars, the two percent, you know, is significant. It's twenty thousand dollars a year. But it's funny because those portfolios, those people with the million dollars, are the ones that are going to benefit the most from an actual human wealth advisory team. So funny, yeah, because people that have a million dollars use human financial advisors, and people that have a little bit of money are the most cost-sensitive using robo-advisors. The little bit of money, if you have, you know, I'm not, don't want to discourage anyone, but say you have $10,000 portfolio, you know, 2% or 1% is not very much significant. You know, you're talking about $200 as opposed to $100 a year, you know, and that and goes think about a long what way. You, yeah, think about what you could get what by using get a human advisor. Whereas, so, so really, people should be a little bit more, you know, dollar wise, penny foolish. You know, exactly. As opposed to penny foolish, dollar wise. Wise, wise investor, folks. <laughs> have a this good is day. the wise investor. If you have any questions about your own situation, we'll definitely be talking about robo advisors versus human advisors in the future. Um, you know where to find us. Thanks for tuning in. Next week, we're going to have Lauren Bensadoon on in order to try and convince Sal that travel <laughs> is a good investment. It's going to be Tuesday night. Hopefully, you guys will tune in and enjoy that. Until next time. Have a good day, guys. This is what they did easy. not teach you in school. for tuning in to this week's episode hope you enjoyed it be sure to follow us on instagram at the wise investor until next time this is what they did not teach you in school we hope to see you soon